everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Long Box Guys. With me as always are some of my very favorite people on the planet. That's a lot of peas there. Josh, how you doing and what are you drinking? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, and I'm drinking the early arrived Oktoberfest from Sam Adams. Cause, oh, you know, it's, it's that time. It's that time. Yeah. I saw a pumpkin-flavored Special K. I took a picture of it because that is that is the harbinger of what is to come. LT, what are you drinking it's up there, buddy? The spice must flow. The spice drinking must some flow. Duncan Taylor scotch. Uh, Mike, how about you today? What are you drinking there, pal? I'm doing well. I'm drinking a Lining Kugel's Summer Shanty. Lining Kugel? There wasn't there a bishop in uh, uh, Luxembourg named Lining Kugel? Uh, yes, there was. Yes, there the was. Lady, his first name was Lucas. <laughs> That's a man who knows how to yes and, because today we are talking about Bishop, uh, X-Men from the future, who Tommy and I really, that's one of our blind spots when it came to collecting X-Men. That's when we both jumped out. I think I went into the military for a while when Bishop, what what year for, let's let's not spoil anything. Tell us a little bit about Bishop and what year was his first appearance. Bishop first appears in 1991 in Uncanny X-Men number 282. 282, yep. Uh, created by John Byrne and... Will Sportatio. Thank you. Jeez, wow. You should be doing this, man. That's a hell of a thing. Bishop yeah. is a member of the Xavier Security Enforcers, XSE, or XS, I guess. Uh, maybe. XS. Uh, a mutant police force uh, in the dystopian future set 80 years uh, into the future from when he was uh, first introduced. He, In that future, um, mutants are not having a great time. They're <laughs> branded with an M and they are put into concentration camps. What do they do when they're branded? And you know you're a man. Thank you. He God. was innocent. Not a charge was true. Sorry, go on. Uh, so Lucas Bishop uh, is a mutant. A, he was born that way. And his mutant power is to absorb energy and then redirect it. So he's a... Uh, depending on who he's fighting... He can be really dangerous. Now, uh, if he's fighting somebody who doesn't have energy powers, uh, yeah. Yeah. Murphy who? The name of the cat. <laughs> no. All right. Carry on. All right. So uh, Bishop first appears. He travel. This is, of course, one of Josh's favorite storylines. He travels back from the future in order to get a bunch of escaped convicts <laughs> and return them to the future. But uh, Xavier offers him a chance to stay in the past with them and become a member of the X-Men. He grew up hearing stories of the legendary X-Men, so he's excited about the chance of doing it. He also knows that the X-Men are betrayed by somebody uh, who is a close ally of the X-Men. And he thinks if he stays, he might be able to avert his future by saving the X-Men. And as a result of that, he <laughs> that his former mentor, uh, a guy named LeBeau, may be the traitor, which uh, he thinks is Gambit. 
And he's correct. It's Gambit, but Gambit is not the traitor to the X-Men. He finds out later. Uh, so Bishop is so driven uh, because there's going to be a mutant who is going to be born in the future that is going to kill in a matter of six minutes several million people. And that is what sets about all the mutants getting rounded up and put into the concentration camp, etc. So later on, years later, the give credit to all the people who are building on this John Byrne storyline, they slowly build up that, okay, yeah, the, there are no more mutants. And then, okay, one more mutant has just been born. This is the savior who's supposed to bring uh, back the return of mutants because of their power. But he also, Bishop is like, oh, no, that's the kid who's going to kill all those millions of people. So even though the X-Men are like, yay, Hope Summers is the hope for the future, uh, Bishop's job is to kill that kid before it hits puberty and gets its mutant powers. So Bishop becomes a bad guy with a very clear reasoning behind being a bad guy. Then later on, after Krakoa reforms and uh, Hickman's run on the X-Men, which is the latest version, he he ends up becoming one of the generals of the Krakoan uh, military to defend the island against intruders. That's pretty much Bishop in a nutshell. He's got a number of different storylines. LT and Tom, do you get any? Bishop storyline you like? Well, I mean, in the cartoon, he was a little bit different origin story in that he came back to stop the congressman from being killed. And once again, it was thought to be Gambit that was killing the congressman, but actually it was Mystique pretending to be Gambit. So that's pretty much all I know about Bishop other than he was in the 90s and he was in african-american x-men with a gun seemed like all the later x-men had guns forge bishop cable from that era yeah it was the 90s it was the 90s guns were real popular and pouches and pouches yeah well i mean you needed pouches to keep all the ammo yeah never saw these guys reload once (laughs) ever ever (laughs) Well, what you know, they kept I, all that ammo in the pouches. I, uh, you actually have me beat, LT, because I, um, this kind of when I was in the military. And I didn't have access to comic book shops. I didn't have anyone pulling comic books for me. So the, the early 90s is kind of like my, my big blank spot. Jonesy! Jonesy! Oh, sorry. I just started yelling Jonesy. That's the name of the cat. I think you're right. Jonesy. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. This is yeah. from a conversation earlier on our Geek League podcast. That's just going to make everyone want to want to go back. Yeah, and do it all over, but they can't go back there now. They can't go back there, no. Which is really the summation of Bishop for me. Ah. <laughs> uh, Bishop is really time cop, right, uh, of yeah. the X-Men. Yeah. I think anyone who's listened to our podcast knows time travel is not my favorite bit. Uh, I do like... 
and I don't I don't know if this was ever asked or answered, but uh, Bishop is. Yes, Tom, we are. Bishop is part Aboriginal. Um, and since his abilities are somewhat tied to time travel, he always knows. That's right. See, Tom knows what I'm thinking, right? There's the Aborigine who helped the X-Men travel through time and space. And I can't remember if he had a... Uh, is his name Gateway? Is yeah. it, they just called him Gateway, I think. And I always wondered if Gateway and Bishop were somehow related, but they never... I don't know if that would ever came out. But in my brain, it was. It, they were. Um, so one of the things... One of Bishop's abilities is he always knows where he is, both in a physical... And spatially and time, like he can sit down and meditate and he knows where he is in a time stream and where he is physically. So he, he can't really be lost in that regard. Um, and they don't super explain it, but I say he absorbs tachyons and those tachyons he can tune into and figure out where he is. But so he comes from the future back to the present. And then when Legion goes back into the past, they send since Bishop can sort of attenuate to where the time stream is, they send him back to go take out Legion before Legion takes out Charles, which would take out Legion, which once again, we're back into the time travel things that I don't really enjoy. I I mean, I like the character if you take the time travel out. Like, he has a cool ability set. He can store energy and sort of make himself more resilient and stronger, which is cool. They tried to do the District X comic, which I only read a, a, a few of, which I there thought was... Only, there was only like four or five issues. I thought there was like 12 or 16 for District X. Really? Yeah. Uh, I own the series. You think I would know. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was a great idea um, be, because it reminded me of the same thing they were doing with Top 10. Like, I like the idea of the police procedural in sort of a heavily powered world or a variably powered world, right? Where there are people with low powers and high powers, yada, yada. And I, I really like the idea of that. And I thought Bishop was a good character to sort of let that go and go through and let him have his own thing. But, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't good. That was the problem. Like, and I think I already read top 10 at that point, And I was like, I'm just going to go, hope for more top 10 yeah that's a problem with really really good comic books sometimes it really just does spoil some of the mediocre and bad ones for you you know when you see it done so well it's yeah it's kind of hard to go back and you can't go back you know you cannot except bishop can yeah, and he's know where he is yeah uh, so I, I, I will recommend if you are interested in bishop uh, other than the District X series, um, I think I would go with Ultimate X-Men because they change around his origin a little bit in that he's an older person who comes back and talks to his present self. And uh, he's got a lot more of a more linear storyline that doesn't take years and years to develop. Uh, which is what they unfortunately 
he doesn't end up being a bad guy. So, yeah. I don't have much else to say about Bishop, though. I think that's it, guys. All right. And that's fair. He was, I mean, they they did front load him a lot when he first came into the X-Men. Like, he was involved in, like, every storyline. And I think they were really hoping to get a lot of traction with him, and I think he never stuck, really. But he did end up being in a lot of tertiary storylines, especially anything that had to do with time travel. So it's it's not like he was underused or overused, but, I mean, was, they really did. They really did use him a lot. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of story arcs just centered around A lot of arcs, Bishop. right, yeah. And you were right, by the way, 14 issues of District X. Okay, yeah, it was, I knew it was something like that. Like, it uh, went, it didn't go for a, it went for maybe a year, but I was like, eh, somewhere around there, yeah. But, um, yeah, none of it, unfortunately, was great. I like the Aboriginal guy with the bull roarer more. Roarer, damn it, I found a new word. God damn it. Yeah. Another I word I can't say. Gateway, yeah, the guy with the bull roarer was way cooler than than Bishop was. It was a cool way of interpretation. He always was in this like I just I dug that guy's aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I tried making one. They're not hard to make. Borars, no. They're cool though. I like them. They're cool. Yeah, and they get loud. And if you get it really, really low, you can hear them for a really long distance. Yeah, you gotta get the shape right. Like you can make one out of like a ruler, but it won't be long. It won't be loud. But if you get the shape right and you get that little arc right, man, those things get loud. Mikey, <laughs> what do you got at the front of the long box, pal? At the front of the long box, I have Batman Earth One, Volume Two. So. DC uh, several years ago decided to come up with the Earth One compilation, uh, where different compilation, different writers um, and artists would create their own origin stories for the different heroes. LT has talked about the Earth One Green Lantern. Green Lantern's great. I've talked in the past about the Teen Titans and the um, uh, yeah, I think there's the Teen Titans. Uh, oh, and Wonder Woman by Grant Morrison. I've talked about those series. And this one is by Jeff Johns. It's a reimagining in it. Batman is not the great detective. He is just a really rich guy who hires Alfred to be his bodyguard and train him on how to fight. Um, and he's... He relies on Jim Gordon and Harvey Bullock to do all of his detecting. Um, it's kind of nice to have a Batman story where Batman isn't like 10 steps ahead of everybody. He's just trying to figure out shit as it goes along. And, you know, he's at one point he, he goes to visit Gordon in the crime scene and Gordon's like, you're stepping all over my crime scene. Stop. <laughs> and he's like, can you teach me how to do this stuff? And Gordon's like, no, it took me years to learn this. Go away. Go to college. Uh, yeah. Get a job. Join the police force when you want to learn how to do shit. But it's a, a very good series. I bring it up because I just picked it up at Ollie's, and I will be giving it away 
at our last nerd standing at Pensacon this year. So if you're listening and going to Pensacon this coming year, if you want that book, go to last nerd standing and you can pick it up for free. If you win. It's nice. We're already starting to think about last nerd standing in uh, Pensacon, Pensacola, Florida. Of course, our thoughts and prayers are with our friends over in Pensacola. They're not taking a direct hit, but they're getting pretty close. I did already ask super fan Diane to come and visit us. Mikey's got an extra room, and he treats you oh so nice when you stay there. Diane, if you're listening, come on up. Yeah, free yeah. comic books, Diane. Yeah. Free comic books. Yeah. Free comic books. Diane, just stay with us. Designed I got a guest room, too. for your take. Yeah. I got a guest room. Yeah, I don't, through. but you can stay with me, too. My wife will throw us both out after a while, but still. But still. Tommy, what do you have in the back of the love box? I have Star Wars Legends Epic Collection Tales of the Jedi Volume 1. It is a story of before the Jedi were Jedi. Uh, it is kind of the first Jedi story about how this mystical sort of diamond-shaped thing goes across the universe and gets all these Force-sensitive beings and brings them to this planet, Typhon. And they all, all these Force-sensitives, are kind of taught by this diamond-shaped spaceship how to kind of master the Force and how to be in balance with the Force. And they learn meditation. And, and they kind of learn in harmony how to be with the Force on this planet. And they learn how to become Jedi, uh, but not the traditional Jedi that we think of that are always based on the light. They also have their dark side and their their goal is to be in balance with the force. And it's all about them being in balance. And this other species uh, called, I want to say, the Rakati that are totally dark, that want to find this planet and take it over as they are losing their connection to the force and the ricotti make that really good cheese right they do they make really good cheese and they kind of have the first lightsabers but they're the lightsabers are kind of powered by the dark side and it's a it's kind of an interesting story about about that and it's by john ostrander and john dursima and rodolfo migliari and uh it's a pretty good Pretty good, like collection. If you like the epic collections, this is uh, a dark Marvel horse, right? I think so. Uh, but it's you know it's re released by Marvel as an epic collection. Friend of the podcast, but, John Ostrander, by the way. Yes. So, but it kind of goes through this sort of really really early story of of Jedi before they were the Jedi that we think of. Jedi before they were Jedi. I can see that behind the music now. Mm-hmm. Mace Windu. <laughs> Before he was famous, he worked as a jelly donutist. He would put purple jelly in the donuts, and that's where he got his idea for his lightsaber. But that's neither here nor there. That's very tangential. Josh, do you have a tangent for us? So now, now we're on the Star Wars thing, and without the Force... First of all, we, we we can't really have lightsabers without the Force, right? Everyone, first of all, they'd be the coolest weapon in the universe. Everyone yeah. would try to use them, and everyone would have approximately one limb left trying to use them, right? Have you seen the amount of limbs lost by 
people in Star Wars as is. Right. Like, it's yeah. one limb is, like, one thing gone. Like, I, Yoda must have something prosthetic that we're not seeing. Like, an right. ear or yeah. something, yeah. So, if you could have anyone sort of, I'm going to call, I, a lot of people would, would bark at me for this, but minor technological device from some sci-fi property, what do you take? Because I think a lightsaber in the grand scheme of things is pretty minor. It's not like a warp drive engine, so yeah. It's not a warp drive. It's not a replicator. It's not a Stargate. It's not a Stargate. I know the food replicator is... I mean, we're closer to a food replicator than we are to a lightsaber, I think. Oh, definitely. I mean, and don't get me wrong. If I could have the little Star Trek replicator in my house, that, that would be it, right? Like... It's just a 3D printer that's edible. Yeah, I don't but care. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's but it's a perfect printer, yeah. right? Yeah. Like if you could print filet mignon, I don't care. Like, yeah, I'm in. That's Oh, this is choice. a guy that's gonna get stuck in the matrix by action right here. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. They're like, Oh, you can stay in the matrix, you can have whatever you want. I'd be like, Yeah, that's okay. Good. Deal. Yeah, somebody you know else can fight that fight to save me in twenty years, but for now, I'm gonna eat like a fucking king. Yeah, I'm in the goo until the goo runs out. Yeah. Goo! <laughs> and wouldn't this have been easier with cows? Just saying. Just about anything. Yeah. All right. I'm and, that, and that goo is probably sugar-free. Hmm. Uh, you know, it, it depends on what you're calling minor. Um, you tell me. You're just one, of the, one of the first science fiction books that I liked, and it was just an amazing tales, were these kids who had jump packs. And these jump packs weren't jet packs. They were jump packs. And they would allow them to jump about 40 to 100 feet at a time. And they can explore stuff and do stuff. And I thought that was the coolest thing. Right? They were just yeah. jumping and looking around. And they were covering distance. And I thought the jump pack was really cool. So I, I, that was like the first thing that I thought of when you said that. So it's minor. It was like a toy. Yeah. But they were having a great time. I would have a great time. Jump I want to fucking jump back. Yeah. Yeah. It just you jump up about fifty feet, you look around, you slowly descend. Yeah. yeah. I'm jump all in on that back. toy. Oh, does the sex robot from Westworld count? I mean Yeah. It depends on what attachment you put on it. That might be a major <laughs> I mean yeah. Miner's the base model, Mike. Yeah. She's gonna kill you eventually, Mike, but sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, something's going to kill me eventually. That's called marriage, LT. Nobody yeah. needs to... That's, uh, you don't have to tell mill. LT about that. Uh, I joke because I know your wife doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, our wives listen to no, this podcast. Uh, so, so, I, I kind of like the, the whole sort of cyberpunk johnny mnemonic ability to just kind of be able to plug in and be able to learn things like that to be able to (laughs) to implant memories to be able to just i feel like i feel like it's the ultimate cure for alzheimer's right there like if you forget shit it's already saved and you could just upload it again oh yeah i don't like deviled eggs 
That was yeah, and, and, so much and time. Mnemonic held an unbelievable amount of information. I believe yeah. it was, was it 20 gig? Oh my gig? God, no way. No way. That's too much. It was a lot. It was, like at it the was, time I was like, okay. It was, it was not nearly as much as my iPod. Yeah, was, um, I got to look this up. Yeah, now it's like, that's a thumb drive, man. That's not even a thumb drive. That's not even a thumb drive. <laughs> yeah. Johnny Mnemonic storage capacity, what was it? 320 gig. And that was that was exploding his brain. 160 is what he could do for a short time. Yeah. And 80 was the uh, standard Once again, them. Yeah. I have an iPod that's bigger than that. Yeah. Well, that's I a weird humble that. brag. Yeah, it is. <laughs> LT's entire life is a weird humble brag. <laughs> but but really, I think that would be cool is to to be able to if you're if your brain's going a little off to be able to just up re-upload it. Yeah. So I want to jump back. Uh, Mikey was a sex robot and you cured Alzheimer's. Yeah. Way, way to make wow. us feel like dicks. Is yeah. all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Bet you my technology is going to be used more than his. I, I bet you Maybe so. is way closer I mean, it to being already done. Is. <laughs> it, it's just how much robot do you want? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh, I don't think you said yours. I don't really. I mean, the minor perspective, honestly, if they just perfected the um, sort of the HUD glasses with everything there. I really like that. Like, I know Google's tried and Google Lens and a couple other things, but they have really been awful implementations of what should be not an easy piece of technology, but I think an achievable piece of technology for us right now. I really just like, yeah, just uh, just look at a restaurant and know the menu. Yeah, just just, phone number. Yeah, simple things, just simple overlays. Like, I don't need to you know, pull out my phone to get a GPS or to look something up. Just really simple. Heads up on my glasses. Let's go. Mike would know the specs to his sex robot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You can see the, the battery Mike level dropping down. Know you know, it's going to you only got so much time left. Like, yeah, little things. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know how the Ricotti is made. I, I paid for the app that blocks the sex robot uh, knowledge. <laughs> I don't want to know what he did programmed in there. That was not a cheap app to buy. <laughs> also, this week, I'll just say a properly engineered V22 Osprey because, Jesus Christ, guys, fucking mothball that program. The Osprey was never a good idea. That was Somebody a great has, idea. All right, fine, a great idea, but there are so many... I mean, we know that a single-jet engine uh, uh, can still land properly. An Osprey loses an engine, and you're pretty much fucked. You're not a helicopter. You're You're just fucked. An engine, you can lose three engines on a jet sometimes and still land it. Josh, you know more about that than me, though. I'm not wrong on that. Uh, I mean, if a V-22 is in vertical and VTOL flight, then yes, Mm -hmm. a single engine loss is probably devastating. But, I mean, plenty of World War II planes landed with one propeller. Yeah, but the the, the VTOLs, if you're, I mean, you can't. Yeah, I'm guessing that's um, tragic for those. So yeah, it's just um, it's a poorly engineered system that like the, has 
way yeah. too many failures in recent years to keep going, I thought. Now, Josh, you probably know this. Why did we get rid of the A-10 Warthog? That was a cool plane. Because uh, close air support's just not necessary anymore with smart bombs. Oh, but it was such a cool plane. <laughs> I mean, it is a cool plane. Uh, and it's still in service. Yeah, yeah it's a but, cannon uh, on just, with just wings. Being, just being phased out. But yeah, if you can hit a tank from 30 miles away instead of three miles away, why bother? Yeah, I guess you're right. Still liked it. Me too. All right. Are you guys ready for a quick 3D18? Yeah, yeah. hit me. Campfire food. Campfire? Yeah. So over an open flame. Over an open flame. Campfire food. Not just camping food. Campfire food. Can I get more distinction? Sure. You're uh, out camping. You brought good stuff to cook, but all you really have access to is the campfire, maybe the grill over the campfire, and a stick. Or even the, you can even have the hanging thing for the pot. I like the the, the little cage that pinches down like a like a griddle, right? So I have a, one of those, and it's awesome. Fucking fantastic, yeah. I'm gonna, I mean, if I have one of those with me, 17. Because okay. I, I got to say that, like, you know, Fergus cooks over his fire pit using just a grill all the time, and it is fantastic. So 3D team, buddy. Uh, well, Fergus is cooking, like, 17. You're cooking? Eight. Me? Me, not so much. I, I can't. I, I don't have judge. I have, I'm I a have score a... of one to botulism, LT. What would you rate <laughs> Oh, if I'm cooking, probably probably like a, a, a an eight. I, I think even the simple stuff, even like um, Polish eggs, which is just a potato wrapped in foil, dropped in the coals, and uh, you make a nice baked potato that way. I like that. I have a French press. That I found out that you can just put the biscuits from, like, you know, just the pop biscuits, and you can just make them in the French press, and they are awesome. And I'm like, holy shit, this is a game changer. <laughs> I felt like when I figured that out, I felt like I went up a level as a fat guy. Like, ding, you are level nine fat You coffee guy. can those back in the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big old Folgers can, yeah. So, yeah, you still, yeah, I, I like the skills that I've uh, garnered over the years in the military and in Boy Scouts. Uh, has anyone ever did the twirl bread where you take the same stuff and you just twirl around a stick and you just roast it? Yeah. Twirl biscuit. It's pretty okay. good. I I have a uh, paper back Civil War campfire cookbook. Oh, neat. It's got some great stuff in it. Yeah. So I'm going to give my I like I like doing it. I enjoy it. Uh, even something simple, like even, yeah, even the potatoes I like. So I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a solid 17 too. Mikey, you're not, uh, I don't want to give it a 14 because, you know, sometimes you can either overdo it or the, if the wind is blowing the wrong way, you're eating a shit ton of smoke. Yeah, that is true. There are, there are drawbacks, but I'm going camping this weekend. I'm, I'm one of the things I'm looking forward to is pulling out my panini press. Making everyone biscuits in the morning. Oh, that's right. You're off to Fury this weekend, right? That's right. Fury is this weekend. Big I got what is Fury? Oh, I'm glad you asked there, Mikey. Fury is a big LARP event in upstate New York, usually around 110 to maybe 120 people. This year's Fury is based on the Dr. Horrible sing-along blog uh, miniseries. So we're kind of having a little fun with that. So we're having some quests, some side quests, and some battles around what happened right after Dr. Horrible succeeds in knocking 
Captain Hammer out and who rises and who falls within the ranks of the superhero of Hero City uh, kind of society. I'm playing a, is your penis. That's right. I am playing a character named the Frozen Fawn, who's kind of a jerk. I found, I found the voice for him. He's kind of like Wolfman Jack or a disc jockey at a strip club. <laughs> That's his voice, and he's fun to play. On the stage now is Candy. She's bad for your teeth, but she's also sweet candy. The next girl coming up on the stage, I spent four months trying to teach how to read. I was unsuccessful. <laughs> Please get on from Brittany. <laughs> it would have been, I think the joke would work better if you mispronounced the name. Because she can't spell because she's illiterate. We don't know what her name is because she wrote it on this piece of paper. I believe it's X, Y, three squares and a triangle. And the color yellow. <laughs> See, I like that. That's good. Put that into your act. Yeah. You know, if you want to hear more about the LARPing stuff that Tom does and the other guys do too, you can go over to the Geek League where every week we talk about the other geeky stuff other than comic books that we're into. You can go over to patreon.com slash the long box guys and join for a mere $1 a month. You get access to the podcast and all the money that we make goes to the Elizabeth Peabody house. How many people did you guys feed this past week, LT? 98 people. 98 <laughs> families. 98, 98 families. families. I'm so glad you remembered that because I was going to be mad if you forgot. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's a good if you want to, yeah, it's easy to do well, do some good too. Uh, like LT and Tom do every week, volunteering over at the food pantry. I think that brings us to plugs. Well, we've already kind of alluded to one plug. Pensacon, Pensacola, Florida is coming up. And uh, hopefully we'll be doing a bunch of panels again this year. And always looking forward to seeing our good friends down there. Great, great con, great convention, great people. Uh, will Geek Orthodox be there? GeekOrthodox.com. They Geek usually Orthodox. are down at Pensacola. A way to step all over uh, Tom there, LT. <laughs> GeekOrthodox.com. Who is this GeekOrthodox.com? Hello, Tammy. GeekOrthodox.com. Purveyor of fine stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses, sake sets. You name it, they got it at GeekOrthodox.com. If you want apparel, though, you got to go to ianlino.com for all your apparel needs. T-shirts, baseball, shirts, you name it. All your apparel can be found at ianlino.com because they got so much stuff they needed. Two websites to put it all on. Yeah, they were running out of Internet. It's true. It's a, it's a series of tubes, you they, know. They, that's when you, you only have 320 gigs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those yeah. tubes only so much. <laughs> That's called one Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> have one Keanu of information. Oh, I would like to take Kirby Dragon Con. Oh yeah, there'd definitely be a Dragon Con. Yeah. Definitely be a Dragon Con. Definitely. 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 Most definitely. Yeah, definitely. If you would uh, like to go check out our geek rock band, Kirby Crackle at KirbyCracklemusic.com, they provide our geek rock music every week. Uh, Tom is in a band that I'm going to go see in concert. Can't wait. 
<laughs> I'm a part of School of Rock, just like the the, the movie. Uh, they put a bunch of people together who are learning instruments and make them perform in public just to see grown men wet their pants. No, I didn't yeah. know that was going on. I'll definitely. Oh, that's there. part of that's part of the price. <laughs> I'll be sitting in the front the row. I hope it's like a Gallagher concert. We do call that the splash zone, yes, sir. <laughs> Uh, I think that's every, I was going to actually plug that. So thank you for jumping in on there, Mikey, because it is a fun school and they do a lot of uh, fun things. I'm having a great time being very dumb, dorky and playing a big bass guitar. <laughs> Joss, have you learned to ride your unicycle yet? I have not, but it still hangs in my garage to mock me. <laughs> I got three new juggling clubs. I used to know how to juggle clubs really well. Uh, that is not something you retain easily. Uh, like juggling balls. I could still pick up three balls and juggle away. The clubs I'm going to have to relearn, I think. Okay. I was never good with clubs. Never learned it. I, I always got, I got the, the, the general. I got one, two tricks. I got the over and I got the behind the back. And now I can't even do a flow for more than like two passes. It did not retain. <laughs> I guess that's everything, guys. So let me ask you this, Mikey. What's this podcast like to you? It's like drunk history, but for comics. And Josh? Pensacola, Florida, is that your sector? Always, and we already have reserved our Airbnb. Nice. Is it the same one as last year? Same one. Golly, that was like a giant... That looked like the set of uh, Glass Onions' next movie. <laughs> Tommy! Sweet, sweet Tommy. What do you always say? Uh, be kind to each other, people. Be That's kind right. and civil. Increase the love. Don't forget what I always say. Uh, don't uh, do not this what you hate. Just promote what you love. You'll live longer. Thanks for the long box, guys. Love, love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.